0: Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. Today I'm very excited because we are joined by none other than Semi Cartwright. And um just straight off the bat, what has your musical journey been like? Like how how long have you been, you know, performing for? And um, you know, what's what's the what what's the journey been like for you?
1: Yeah, so I started singing when I was probably about four years old. So I feel like it's always been something that I've just done. Um, both my parents were musicians. So growing up with that influence around you kind of leads you to be a musician as well. But yeah, I've been writing and singing since I was probably four um, and doing little live gigs around eight. Um and just recently released my first two singles. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Oh, beautiful. And um and like as a as a child, were you when did you start writing songs?
1: Yeah. So my first song was when I was four, obviously it wasn't very good. <laughs> I think it was about dominoes for some reason, that game that you used to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, you flick over the dominoes. I wrote a song about that. So yeah, I started small <laughs> and then definitely developed my songwriting over time. But um, yeah, I wrote my first little EP when I was eight. And it's so funny to listen back to it. I'll have to share it on my social soon because the difference from then to now is it's crazy.
0: <laughs> wow. And so you would have played like shows and you know studied music throughout high school and stuff like that but um you know it feels like you've you've like really really started your career recently like putting out a bunch of music and go doing that were you performing and doing like cover gigs and all that kind of stuff before you've kind of taken it into your own hands and you know developed your own music
1: Yeah, definitely. So I started playing guitar when I was about 12. um, And then I did my first cover gig at 14. So I've been playing regular cover gigs all over Sydney, um, and even in a couple other states, since I was probably 14. Yeah. So just learning how to cover other people's songs and releasing my own music kind of came from there.
0: Wow. And um, like, is that did that like did that teach you a lot because I see a lot of bands do it in reverse and they put out their own music, but they haven't done that side of things like. Um, like, did you think that's been helpful like and certainly like in, you know engaging the audience and engaging the crowd.
1: Definitely. I mean, um, starting off with cover gigs, it gives you a bit of a fan base to begin with because people like your voice. Um, so yeah, I built quite a big fan base just off doing cover gigs around Sydney. Um, so I had people that would come to different shows and the same people would be showing up. So it built me kind of like a really good foundation to start releasing my original music. And then all of those people who come, um, they are now the ones that are streaming and listening to my music and buying it. So that's great.
0: Beautiful. And the, they still show their faces at now your own gigs.
1: Yes, they do. It's great. And it's awesome because they have enjoyed watching the process as well. So as much as I've enjoyed showing them who I am as an artist, I think now that I can actually show that to them and it gives them original music, it, it almost engages them more as a fan and as somebody who likes my music. Yeah.
0: Wow. And, um, like you're, you're a Sydney musician. So like, have you, have you gone, have you been able to travel outside of Sydney yet, or have you kind of been restricted by the whole COVID circumstances at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I picked a really good time to release my original music, didn't I?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, uh... everyone is at home, so it could be good or bad, depending on uh, how you look at the glass, if it's half full or half empty. But
1: definitely like there's been so many more um, electronic opportunities that I wouldn't have had the chance to enter into had this lockdown not happened. So and I've also um, been able to learn how to produce music here at home as well. So there's been so many good things coming out of lockdown. But yeah, releasing my first single, I think we went into locked down about three months later. So I wasn't able to tour. I wasn't able to sing that song live to anybody. Um, So yeah, I've just been kind of focusing on when we reopen and getting all those gigs lined up so that I can start showing people all the stuff I've been working on.
0: Beautiful. And you just touched briefly there on yourself, teaching yourself production and stuff like that. What's your poison? Are you running Pro Tools, Logic? What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, so I'm using Cubase. Um, I have uh, my family members have used Logic, but you now I ended up on the Cubase wagon because I'm a Windows user. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's such a great interface. It's really good to start um, making your own music because I feel like when you write a song, you have an idea in your head and then you take it to a producer and they always do a great job, but it's never exactly what you heard or yeah. what you envisioned. And this way, it just gives me an opportunity to show them exactly where I want the track to go. So I have that creative freedom
0: perfect and and you know by teaching you by you know developing your skills and your own self-production skills has it made Mm -hmm. you a better musician because you're now forced to like you know hear yourself and you know do it all yourself like do you reckon it's probably made you better
1: massively um i think i was always hesitant to start because i was nervous about learning something completely new like production is massive and yeah Oh, like props to the producers who have done it their whole lives because it's a lot of knowledge to be able to do it so successfully as well um but yeah one as soon as i started i was writing music that i never even thought of writing before so it just opens up a whole another realm of possibility
0: wow and you said you play guitar but have you also now been you know teaching yourself pm do you play piano as well
1: so i started learning piano when i was about probably five years old and I did it for three years. And then I stopped because I was young and wanted to learn guitar and move on. But yeah, those skills that I learned um, definitely are helpful because I can use that as a MIDI editor. I can put over synths if I want to use synths on it. Um, Even just those basic, the basic understanding of piano has helped me massively. But yeah, I would love to get more into it and to do more lessons in piano because I feel like having a three instrument repertoire voice, guitar and piano would be you know what is it triple threat is that what they call it
0: <laughs> yeah for sure like i think if you can play or you know you can do all three well then
2: you're miles above a lot of people so
1: <laughs> it's definitely something that i will aim to do
2: just on the songwriting side do you write songs on the idea in your head or do you just sit down like i'm just gonna write down different things and see if it turns into something
1: good question both would be the answer Mm. um i've written songs in so many different ways growing up um i think i originally started just with melodies in my head so i'd sing a little melody i'd write lyrics to it and that was where it would begin but now it's completely different um especially with using cubase when i start writing a track i write the baseline um the kick usually um and then piano or guitar over the top so it gives me kind of like a melody already and that then I write over the top of that. So, yeah, there's a few ways definitely lyrics first, sometimes melody first, sometimes, and then full production in the background first. And then I write on top of that. So, yeah, those three ways are my main ways.
0: Wow. It's <laughs> awesome that you don't just stick to one. Like, we talk to so many people, and they're like, I either write from like they're either lyrics people and they write the lyrics and then they kind of build a song around that or they're melody guys. But you're, you're, you seem to be, you know, all of them f- together.
1: I feel like you pigeonhole yourself when you pick one like yeah. if you're an artist pick all of them to try different ways like I bought a book it cost me five bucks. From some random bookstore on how to write a song, I know how to write a song, but I just wanted to learn how they thought they might write a song and then it gives me another way to give it a go and see what I come up with like you just never know what's going to happen, so you may as well try more.
0: and. That, <laughs> and what was their strategy, if I may ask about it, writing a song was it
1: yeah they they have a few um one of them was really interesting it was based off poetry so is it acrostic where you do like the letters and then you write the um whatever word comes after that letter that you pick yeah they were doing like acrostic poems and writing with poetry which was really interesting and actually rhyming certain words that you wouldn't normally rhyme because i feel like everyone always rhymes the last word which is so you know i do it with my songs most people do it with their songs but they were teaching you like a different way of connecting those rhymes so yeah they had a completely different view on it so now i've got another way
0: (laughs) have you given it a go yet or is it yeah
1: (laughs) it's it's hard (laughs) <laughs> um, it's yeah, acrostic poems is definitely new, but yeah, I gave it a little bit of a go and um, it gave me, yeah, a different view, a different view on how to write through poetry. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Now, are you an artist who um, like rule, will we'll sit down and, and write a song and then it's finished? Or do you have like, you know, like half a dozen that are in the woodwork at all time that you kind of going okay, I should finish that one. Like what's the, what's the song writing process? there
1: I'm up to voice memo 606 wow on my iPhone so that's 600 unwritten songs probably a hundred of them are written yeah some of them not as great or not finished some of them ready to be recorded so yeah sometimes I can write a song within five minutes and it's done completely and I'm happy with it and then other times it'll be six months to a year and I'll come back to something I wrote last year and I've got a completely fresh perspective on it and then I'll finish it off yeah, and I love that about it as well because you write it from a different perspective because you're in a different part of your life.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, and like when you say you've got like 600 songs, are some of those just like a verse and some of those just like a chorus, or is it like most of them are pretty structured?
1: Yeah, look, they're so funny. Some of them are literally like me whispering at night time <laughs> because I've woken up at 12 a.m. going, oh my god, I've got an idea, and I'll grab my phone and just whisper into my my voice memos and record it. So some of them are five seconds, and then others are you know three minutes where it's just me singing a melody that doesn't actually, it's not a song, it doesn't make sense, but it's just three minutes of me um, kind of winging it. And then I pick little bits that I like out of that three minutes and create a song from it.
0: Very nice. And do you (laughs) reckon the best songs that are like written, um, are lost because they're on people's iPhones and they never?
1: So many. So many, it's like the, the grave of all songs, all unfinished songs, voice memos. And if you ever lose your phone oh, if you don't back them up, all artists need to back them up. I luckily have gotten into the habit of doing that. But mm-hmm. there was a time where I had about 300 that got completely deleted because my phone got dropped in the ocean. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that was upsetting.
2: Oh, I feel like your phone is screaming, I need more space. I'm getting full.
1: <laughs> oh, I get that reminder daily. <laughs> i'm like i just need to upgrade my gigabytes i reckon (laughs)
0: yeah yeah (laughs) and um like i I think now for everybody who's in sydney you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel they're calling it freedom day and all you know they're given a bunch of different names but um what's you know what's installed for you what are you looking forward to about you know the, the freedoms that are coming
1: um yeah there's definitely a few um first and main one being the fact that live music is going to be Open again, which is fantastic. Um, And I've recently been asked to do an event. It's called the Summer Series. uh, Cronulla Beer Co. They're hosting it, Um, and it's held at Cornell Rec Club. And it's about I think there's about three to four hundred people that are going to end up going. So it's going to be a massive event. There's going to be about eight to ten artists playing on the day, all live music. Yeah. Um, And it's just going to be awesome. Honestly, once I get on stage and see all the people having fun, I think it's just going to sink in that. I'm playing again and we're able to get back to it, which is so exciting.
2: Beautiful. Is it also exciting that you'll be playing a new song, Floodgates as well? What was the experience like making that song?
1: Yeah, Floodgates was one that I actually wrote in lockdown, Um, the first lockdown, so 2020, um, I was in a bit of a dark headspace, I think, when I wrote that song, and it was kind of about breaking free of insecurity and letting go of fear and just doing what you want to do without caring what other people think. Um, And yeah, that song I haven't played live to anyone yet. So to be able to play that in December, or probably earlier if I get another gig in October or November, just to be able to play that live to people will be awesome, I can't wait.
0: For sure that's awesome like and um you know did you do the whole thing by yourself or were you able to kind of collaborate with other musicians when we had that little window and um you know um have some collaboration on the track or was it just all self-produced
1: um so floodgates is fully written by myself i didn't collaborate with anybody except for my producer who helped me create all of the guitar layers, because when you listen to Floodgates, there's about seven different guitars on that track. Yeah. Um, so I played the original acoustic guitar and then my producer, he plays um, ukulele. Um, there was about six different guitars and I don't even remember the names of half of them, but they were amazing. And yeah, he layered them on top with the idea that we came up with. So it kind of sounds really atmospheric and it gives it this really airy vibe, but it's all just guitar.
2: Wow. Holy yeah. We really yeah, that one, one of
1: them was called a papoose. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a papoose before, but a papoose is like a cross between a guitar and a ukulele. I yeah. think it's, it might be 12 string. Um, and it's got this little, tiny little acoustic hole in it, like way different to the normal acoustic guitars and about the size of a ukulele, kind of like a mandolin as well. And the sound of it is just unlike anything I've ever heard. It's got such a beautiful tone. So we used that on the last three tracks that I did actually, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. And, um, you know, are you going to stick with the the theme of like having, you know, a bit like acoustic sounding music? Or are you gonna, you know, change it up a little bit? Have you got tracks with a bit more like, um, I don't know, like, you know, different instrumentation?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um, why stick to one box when you can have the wall? Um, okay. <laughs> no, I just love to play with different genres. I think genre blending is in everybody genre blends these days, every new artist, you know you listen to a song it's not pop it's like pop trap or pop edm or pop folk there's always an underlying genre to the genre that you're hitting it with so yeah i want to try them all like i've written um quite a few songs that are acoustic uh, but what I want to do with them is actually release probably a few of them that have that vibe, few of them that have the folk vibe, um, but then integrate folk trap and folk EDM and start adding some electronic bass lines, electronic synths, and actually building these songs up a little bit as well as they go along. So when the album comes, which is in the process, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix of everything. And I feel like it's really going to show my progression as an artist and my progression in writing as well. So that's the aim.
0: What does folk trap sound like? Oh, Vera up. Blue,
1: Vera Blue,
0: Vera Blue. Okay, okay. Folk
1: trap, yeah. She does folk, uh, folk EDM, folk. Uh, she's done folk trap with her most recent producer, and then she tried another genre as well. But yeah, her album Peren- is it perennial? That album is kind of folk electronic.
0: All right, cool. I've I, I've never heard of that term before, and I just like the just those two <laughs> yeah. get like together. Sounds um, weird, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh if you listen to yeah her song um uh what is it called now i'm gonna get stumped she has a song and it is she's in a beautiful white dress and she's on a field i think flume plays in the background of it yeah. that's that she does with flume is i'm pretty sure it's folk electronic but it's beautiful It what they've done with it is amazing and i'd love to aim for something similar
0: nice well i reckon you'll get there um <laughs> And also, like, you know, you've just mentioned you're playing in Cronulla Mm -hmm. Um, did did a bunch of did you have shows planned before we went into lockdown? Were you able to kind of recover some of those ones as well?
1: Yeah, so there's been a few. Um, some of the booking agents haven't started booking yet because I think they're waiting for it to officially open because we're all a bit hesitant or just not sure. So, yeah, I think once now that we've got an official open date, it's definitely going to start. But I've rebooked a few. I usually play played um, PJ O'Brien's in the city. So it's on King Street in the city. Um, so there'll be a, definitely a few more gigs at PJ's coming up very soon, which will be fun. They're really cool gigs because the pub's really chill. Everyone dances like it's just got a really nice vibe to it. Um, and yeah, then I'll be planning to do the bigger Gigs, like the little festivals, like um, the one that's going to be a Cornell rec club, the summer series. So yeah, that's going to be awesome.
0: Awesome. And like what, what bands or like musicians, um, like, do you want to play with? Like, are there, are there people that you've got your eyes on that are in like the local scene that, um, you know, you're just waiting for the chance to play with them?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think we've got such a good scene at the moment. There's so many amazing artists. Um, And I'm lucky to be friends, you know, with a few uh, bands on Triple J and stuff like that, who I'd love to play with. Um, A few that I'll mention are probably China Tiger, they're on Triple J. Um, Really good friends with the drummer for that band, James Swanson, such a good band. If anybody hasn't heard them, check out their stuff. They're amazing. Um, So, I'd love to do a little show with them, I reckon that would be awesome, Um, but, you know, looking at the bigger artists and stuff like that, even just supporting, um, you know, Ruby Fields. Supporting someone like Morat, all of those female artists, even um, Gang of Youths. I'd love to support Gang of Youths. They are such a good band, um, and I think Greta Ray recently did their support for the last two years. So I'd love to jump in when she starts doing her own shows, and maybe I could support her.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, Paul, have you got? Are you going to ask your your most famous question here? Oh, uh,
2: yeah. If, um, I was just going to say because you've played a few gigs and with a few different people. Do you feel like it's better to play in a good venue or with a good lineup
1: oh good venue or good lineup that's such a good question i'd probably say good lineup because venues mm. are always going to change no venue is ever the same so as long as you've got a good sound guy and a good lineup that's what you need
2: yeah yeah, yeah i feel like in sydney you've got to have a good lineup to get people um seeing you as well which it kind of sucks by a good time it's good to like get that atmosphere going on but it's always good to go to a venue and people but like if a venue advertises really well it's also a good thing as well for, yeah. for the artists
1: yeah definitely definitely you do need that support and I think coming out of lockdown it's really going to be prevalent that artists venues booking agents we're all going to have to work together because you know creating that support for this industry right now is so important as well
0: I think that's definitely happening. Like, I think by doing this and also just, just, you know, just keeping an eye on, you know, what's happening is mm-hmm. like, everyone who's gone through this together, I feel like it's been less about them, but more about everybody just reaching out, grabbing each other, helping each other. And yeah. um, I think like in the next, all the bands that, and artists that kind of come through in the next couple of years will always look back on the ones that were around them now and kind yeah. of laughter to some degree i think
1: definitely and i've noticed that especially on social media just the support i've received from other local artists has been massive and we've yeah. been you know sharing each other's tracks and liking each other's stuff streaming it constantly just creating that little community that you need when you're an artist
0: and and i don't know if that existed before for COVID to the degree that it does now. So I think it must might be the best thing to kind of come out of this whole. Yeah, you, know.
1: you are so right. Completely right. Like I think it was always there, but it was definitely less prevalent because you would meet people going out, you meet people at a gift. It was more organic, whereas now you're actually searching for people who you might align yourself with. And I think it's given people the ability to do it as well. Social media is, you know, fantastic for connection like that if you use it in the right way.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and like um which like, I'm going to throw this question out, which, which like social media platform do you think is the best at the moment for like showing, um, you know, artists and also just for, you know, reaching, you know, people.
1: Yeah. If you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said TikTok. Yeah. Um, now I still think TikTok is definitely second, but I reckon Instagram, um, Instagram is huge for connecting artists, announcing shows, doing all of that. And I think it's really on TikTok's tail with regards to reels. So video content. And I think they're only going to get better with it. Um, TikTok's great. I think TikTok's amazing, but it is very oversaturated. So you have to really push and really have a niche that you can push to get successful on TikTok. So once you get a following on there, it's fantastic. It's probably the best, but when you're starting out, definitely Instagram.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, And it's funny too, when you see like, um People that didn't jump on the TikTok trend early, mm. and they're um, and and they're like big acts, and they are probably yeah. like twenty five thousand, you know, yeah. hundred thousand, and they jump on TikTok, and you see them, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't trend like everyone has to grind that one.
1: Yeah, it did that, and there's some there's artists who have blue ticks because they're signed to record labels, that, and people are asking who they are. And it's like, well, just because they didn't start their account at the beginning, you know, they've got the tick because they are technically an artist, they are signed. Um, But these people don't know who they are because they haven't been on TikTok. It's crazy. So yeah, it's interesting. It gives you like an opportunity um, to kind of crack the market. But now that there's so many people on it, it's getting harder and harder. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: For sure. I I also agree with you. I think Instagram is the best hands down. Yeah. Um, you know I I I was on the jumped on the TikTok trend and I thought oh this is great and then I realized <laughs> I think it's back at Instagram after a while
1: <laughs> and- Yeah I'm using both so I'm pretty active on both um yeah. but you know it it just depends on who's watching at the time and where the video gets to but yeah I definitely definitely reckon you should use both yeah. just give yourself that opportunity because you know what if you're not someone else is going to
0: <laughs> well, For sure for sure I can't agree with that more yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um like have you have you you approached labels yet or you're gonna are you not interested in that path at all and just kind of want to you know run the show independently or
1: Good question um i'm interested in labels for sure i think everybody is but i also want to create who i am as an artist um individually and by myself first i yeah. think when you've got something to pitch to a label then you've got something to pitch to a label but at the moment you know there's a lot of people pitching to labels so I, when i go to them i want it to be you know ready <laughs> if that, that makes sure. sense that, that so, makes 100
0: percent the sense yeah i you know, I wonder about people when they do it the opposite way, and they're they're not quite ready. And you're just like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna lose. You know, you're gonna sign your life away if you do it now. Don't.
1: Yeah, you know. contracts are funny. Contracts are funny. They can either help you or hurt you, and you've just got to be sure you're signing the right one for where you want to go.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, also, like, have you got any plans in like the next twelve months to like really, you know, kind of get out of Sydney and make a bit of a noise? Like, would you like to do a bit of traveling?
1: I'd love to do traveling. Um, Yeah, definitely on the agenda. As soon as I can get booking in different areas, I'm going to start. So at the moment, the plan is to get a band properly together. I've got um, some guys that have already started to learn my material during lockdown. Um, So once they're all up to speed, we're going to get together. We're going to practice and then we're going to have a full show. So, yeah, the aim is to just look for gigs all up the coast, all the way to, you know, Brisbane, all the way down to Melbourne and just get a solid tour get going so that I can start to promote my original music
0: yeah that's the way
2: to do it
1: yeah <laughs> i'm does, probably gonna get a little van as well <laughs>
2: does, does that include the seven guitarists you would need as well
1: oh no um, we're definitely going to scale that down a little bit i think <laughs> for the live shows traveling with seven boys in a van doesn't sound very fun um <laughs> you know unless we do half girls and then maybe it'll be a little bit easier but no i definitely think we're going to have two guitarists and just mm. keep it like that because then that way we can kind of tailor it to the shows as well
0: Nice. You're going to have a four piece. Is that, is that the plan?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Four or five piece definitely is the plan. Whoever wants to play. Um, I'm open to, you know, grabbing whoever wants to do it. Even if I pick up artists on the way, if they're talented enough, they can jump in and do a session. Um, just about connecting. Yeah. But the aim is to start off with four, I think.
0: Are you going to play guitar as well, or you're going to on stage? Like, do you, do you feel like you need to, or you, or you rather not?
1: I have supported myself on solo gigs for so long that i would love to put the guitar down i would yeah. love to put it down obviously there are songs that need it as well yeah. so you know i reckon it's going to be a mix of both i'll play some songs with my guitar and then i'll put it down and i'll run around stage and look like a <laughs> look like a crazy person so yeah i think it's going to be awesome but a bit of both
0: very cool yeah i was just thinking then like even even a even five doesn't, you know, it, it's getting expensive, but if you get, if you can get four, you can all kind of cram into the van and otherwise you nearly have to buy a bus once you start getting past. It. <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, they, we've got to definitely plan ahead for it, but I can't wait. Can't yeah. wait to get traveling.
0: That's for sure. We spoke to a band the other day and they have a, they're a five piece and they've been trying to traveling north and south and doing all that kind of stuff before COVID. And they'll tell them the story. They had to have like two, two, take like two cars all the way up, you know, wherever they went.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, Hey, if you've got the time off and you, you've got the ability to do it, I think it'd be an awesome thing to do just to be able to travel with your band and play everywhere. It's what my dad did for 40 years. So, you know, kind of be following in his footsteps a little bit, which is cute.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, is it, is it cool? Like, um, you know, like having musicians as a parent, like, is that yeah. the best?
1: look i think it makes it so much easier because having parents who aren't supportive of what you do is i you know i feel so sorry for those people it would be hard because not everybody understands music as a career not everybody understands the meaning of it really so yeah both my parents massive music fanatics they've done it their whole lives and they are my number one fans. so i'm very 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 lucky
0: <laughs> sure like um and and is it like are your parent, do your parents still play. Like, do they listen to your music and give you little pointers? Or
1: <laughs> my dad can't help himself; <laughs> he has to. He has to tell me, "Oh, do you hear this bit? You might want to change that." He can't help himself. But um, my mum, my mum is, you know, my biggest supporter. I don't think she could say that I did anything wrong, <laughs> so yeah. she keeps her mouth shut. But yeah, dad loves to chime in and give me little pointers. But I wouldn't be where I was now if it wasn't for both of them. So yeah. yeah, they've definitely guided me a lot and pushed me to stay motivated and keep playing, and keep writing and, you know, just think outside the box a little bit as well. But yeah, dad's been playing um, live shows. He's just turned 70. So 70 years old, I know he's a little rock star, but he's still playing gigs with a six piece band. And he tours all over like New South Wales. He goes down to Orange, um, yeah. he goes everywhere. So they did uh, something in Orange actually, which is pretty cool. It was called the Old Orange Rock Show. And yes. they sold it out, I think there was 5,000 people there oh. and they were playing songs that they wrote when they were, you know, 16 years old in orange and there were people there that knew them when they were 16 who were there watching the show now that yeah. they're 70 years old, like it was such an awesome event, such an awesome thing to see so yeah daddy's still absolutely killing it as a 70 year old rock star. <laughs>
0: awesome. So as so is your family from orange or we were you from orange or have you lived in Sydney your whole life.
1: I grew up in Bundina so not. Yeah. Everybody knows where that is, but it's in the Royal National Park. So yeah. surrounded by ocean, you know, gorgeous, um, like foresty kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. it's such a nice place to grow up. So I was lucky, but um Dad actually grew up in Orange and then moved to Canberra. Um, and then he's been situated in the inner West for probably like 15 years now, maybe a bit longer. Yeah. So yeah, he's been a little bit here and there, um, but mum's been born and bred Bundina her whole life. So small town. Um, yeah. I think she lived in um, the inner West with my dad for a year and then begged him to move back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I grew up there.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. The only reason I asked about that is because I'm from two, uh, nearly three hours past Orange and Dubbo
1: oh wow yeah. yeah well wherever there's a dam and it's called the burrodong dam. dam yep we had a house on that dam and it's now underwater or it was underground oh, yeah really. that's how long ago they had a house there but yeah our family in orange dates back to like the 1800s it's insane when you look at the history
0: oh that's amazing yeah um bundina is a cool place too like that would have been a fun childhood you're like literally surrounded by like you know nature and in, in, in you know all of its glory
1: My first single that I released was called Deep Blue Sea. And I wrote that sitting on a rock, watching the ocean um, and watching the ferry go past to Cronulla. And I wrote that song as when I was 16, sitting on that rock and just looking at the water. So yeah, it's definitely been a huge inspiration as well, being around nature.
0: Oh, for sure. Like you could write a song every day, like just walking (laughs) out of the house.
1: (laughs) Definitely helps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nice. And um, how long we've been going for guys?
2: Probably. Half an hour or more.
0: Half an hour or more. Yeah. All right. All right. I was just,
2: I was just gonna say, you just made a good point there because when we ask who your influences are, and people think of people, but just then you, you just said that nature influenced you to make a song. So, not influences doesn't always have to be a person as well
1: no i mean i've written my fair share of love songs and mm-hmm. art break songs like everyone has i think but um yeah i've got heaps of songs that are just about where i am at the time some mm-hmm. of them are about the ocean and how it makes you feel others about um you know going one of them starts barefoot in the dirt i'm wandering away yeah. so i was walking barefoot my feet were covered in dirt and i just came up with that line so yeah so many different little scenarios that spark inspiration especially from like mm-hmm. where you are and what you're doing nature's been a huge one for me
0: yeah for sure and um we've been when like when we were having these conversations with other musicians they were like um you know they would say they had influences with um you know other people or whatnot um and then you would ask questions about if they had been writing and you know during lockdown and some had but a lot hadn't and i and i think yeah and i think that um nature or you know the environment that they're in is subconsciously like kind of giving you um you know almost a something to tap into and then when you're combined into the house it's harder to you know to to have that experience.
1: I think that's where having different versions of writing songs or different um you know methods that you can use is so important because writer's block, I don't think I've I think I had writer's block once. For one year, and it was when I was in a bad relationship and I wasn't really interested in anything I didn't have any hobbies or goals. And I just kind of gave up on anything that I cared about, and that was the only time that i've ever lost inspiration for writing but being in lockdown. I think, if anything it's inspired me more purely because there's so much going on in the world to write about. Yeah. With regards to like you know politics and social standards, everything like that. You can anything that you're passionate about, even if you're not straight to the point with what it is, you can gain inspiration from it. So yeah, I think I've been lucky to keep that going.
0: <laughs> oh for sure, for sure. And
2: um and was if it you hard? can hear
1: the rain, I'm so sorry. Uh,
2: <laughs> I was just about was, to say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> I had I had thunder going off, so I couldn't really unmute un- yeah. my mic every time. So it was a bit awkward for me to jump in, and there was thunder going off in the background. So I didn't yeah. want to stuff up the audio.
1: Yeah, we've got that right now. So I hope you. <laughs> I think we're almost finished. So that's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, we
0: I, Can you hear it on any of our? I can't hear it on nah. any of your microphones. No, nah, not right? so I think we're. I
2: think we're safe. Yeah, yeah. I've had a huge thunder before, but that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, where where are you guys based? So, you based um you're in uh, Western Sydney, aren't you?
0: Yeah, we're we're um out in out in Bankstown.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. cool. I I work in um Padstow, so just yeah.
0: Oh, nice. On the road.
1: Yeah, close enough.
0: (laughs) Well, um, yeah. So, I imagine we're all experiencing this 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 raging storm outside at the moment.
1: (laughs) So loud. (laughs) We're gonna cop it for seven days as well. Oh, gonna have to write a song about the rain. (laughs)
2: <laughs> there's a few songs already like that but it'd be good to hear another one
1: yeah maybe i can put a different spin on it <laughs> yeah
2: oh, i was thinking of the beatles one that came to mind and
1: yes good song oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, who I, I...
0: Would... oh sorry paul
2: that's right. you know that song yesterday i always think of that mr bean um movie where they when mr bean and his friend were singing it drunk <laughs> on the yes. way yes oh i need yeah.
1: even go watch that on youtube was it now? yesterday
2: yeah i think it was yesterday yeah yesterday that's it yeah, cool, I need to go
1: find that on YouTube and rewatch yeah.
0: that. I haven't seen yeah. that in years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, who do you look to as, as like inspiration? Like what are, you mentioned Vera Blue before, but are there other you know artists, whether they're you know local artists, international artists, who who are your favorites?
1: Yeah, so I've got a few. I would originally say my main inspirations as a as growing up, um, like as a child, um, definitely Casey Chambers because my mum would pump it. Yeah. Um she'd also pump the Dixie Chicks and uh Stevie Nicks and Flea with Mac, obviously. Um so I had like that kind of influence there growing up but as I grew older my favorite artists currently are uh, Ed Sheeran, um obsessed with him, Jesse Reyes is incredible, Dominic Fike, Halsey, um kind of those artists in like the American scene and then Australian scene. I love Missy Higgins. You can't go past her tracks. I think she's a huge inspiration to any female Australian artist. Um, definitely alongside Casey Chambers. Um, and then I love Kim Churchill. He's got such a beautiful voice and gang of youths at the moment. They're amazing writers, amazing songwriters.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um. did you get a chance? Have you had a chance to go watch those guys?
1: Oh, no, I've seen who did I see live? I've seen young blood live. He was epic. Yeah. Um, such a good artist to see live. He's got so much energy. Um, but no, I honestly actually haven't seen that many of my favorite artists live. And I was just about to buy tickets to Ed Sheeran. And I think lockdown happened. Yeah. So I think he was due to come out from memory, the first lockdown and then he canceled all his to it and i not so upset.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you'll get a chance to see Ed again.
1: I'm not going to allow myself to say no for the next year. I'm just going to go to everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. And were you lucky enough to see Young Blood at the Anmore?
1: Mm-hmm. So good. I went by myself. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna drop out because my friend dropped out and I was like, Do I go? Do I not go? And I thought, you know what? No, just go, go by yourself. And there were so many kids and I was like, Oh my god, I'm the oldest person here. But then I found my my older crew at the back. So I just chilled with them and I had the best time.
0: Oh, very nice. I had to sell my ticket to that show. Oh. I was getting called into work and and give it, you know, getting it happened to get rid of it. But
2: um Oh, you
1: missed out, it was good. It
2: was, it was too lazy to ask for a day off because he thought, oh, no, I'll be all right, I'll be all right, I'll make it. I think it's uh, Ross uh,
1: So well, next time, you'll
0: have to go when he comes oh, out next time. Yeah, like he's, a, he's an artist who's just kind of blown up, you know, yes. really fast. Like my friend was telling me that he played at like Newcastle Uni to, you know, to like, no one and then it came back played the more. gone overseas again and now he's huge like (laughs)
1: yeah yeah he was always an incredible artist and um i think halsey had a part in that although she she likes to not take too much credit which i think is great as well because she always says he is incredible he's such a talented boy and she found him because she liked his music she was a fan and she reached out on an instagram dm which is so crazy and he was like what and he had to double check with his mates to make sure it was really her and then they started dating. Like, how good is that? <laughs> it's so funny how like artists can just, like I said, an Instagram DM can change everything and like just open you up to a whole new group of people that you wouldn't have even thought of.
0: Yes, and it's, and it, and very much so in his case, like it just changed yeah. his whole life.
1: Yeah, he's mad, and now he's doing um, stuff with Bring Me the Horizon, which is hectic. He was screaming on one of their tracks. Oh wow! Yeah, so mad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow, gee. I think next time he comes out, we'll have to be—you know—he'll be playing stadiums. Unfortunately, yeah, it'll, 100%. Be yeah,
1: yeah, hundred percent. I'll be there. I'll be in the mosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kiddos Bank Arena, Young Blood.
1: Yeah, <laughs> twenty
0: twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: <Biggest>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you could play any venue in the world, which what where would you play?
1: Oh my God, I think this is such a common response, but Madison Square Garden. Oh, yes. it's just everyone wants to play there. It's beautiful. Like everyone who is somebody has played there. So I think that would be a big, big goal.
0: Nice. And this is like a 50 50 question because depending, like you said, Madison Square Garden, we've asked a lot of people, and their other answer is Wembley. It's like Wembley or yep. Madison Square Garden.
1: Yeah, I agree. That would have been my second choice. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, like what about Sydney which which venue haven't you played yet that you would love to.
1: Oh i'd love to play Oxford art I mm. almost supported someone there just before lockdown oh my God, everything is just before lockdown. But yeah almost supported someone there just before um, so i'd love to get another gig there i'd even love to headline it if I could so that'll definitely be on the cards in the future.
0: I reckon you can do that easy I reckon that that's that you could probably knock off that one off the bucket list before the yeah. end. of the year. it's
1: it's just a cute little venue like it's just got such a nice vibe to it, they always have good gigs there. Um, they've always got good artists and they support artists as well, I think, which is cool. Um, yeah. Enmore Theatre obviously is on the bucket list as well, love to play that love to headline my own show, but love to support someone there too.
0: Yeah, like the Enmore is just iconic. Yeah, and um, you know if you could have the option between like um you know the mo or the opera house which one would you take
1: <laughs> oh my goodness um <laughs> probably the opera house <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. to say you've done it like you have to say if you're from sydney you have to say that you've sung at the opera house and also ml it's like yeah, yeah. they go together
2: <laughs> <I reckon. laughs> to different scales <laughs> I feel like the Opera House will be sound better because of the acoustic um roofs and all that. Just yeah, like the they'll... treating. Yeah, so it was actually made for music.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because sometimes those hall rooms do the opposite of what you think they're going to yeah. do. Mm. So you need a regardless, you, like I said, you can play any venue, you need a good sound guy. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> they make the sound work with the room.
0: And have you ever had any horror stories with sound guys?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. One. one one that was bad i won't say where i won't say who Um, but i could not hear myself i could not hear a word that i was singing let alone a chord that i was playing so my brain knew what i had to do next but because i couldn't hear it i just it was just stuffing me up massively and i i paused and i asked them i was like hey guys can we sort this out i just don't think the guy um who organized the venue really realized what live musicians need so there was no foldback speakers they had our speakers set up and they were about this big in the corner of the in the room and i'm like i can't hear myself talk like because people were talking people are drinking can't hear yourself sing over that so i had to um say thanks for listening guys but i'm gonna end this gig now and i ended the gig
0: (laughs) which was tough yeah
1: look if you can't even hear what chord you can you're playing next you know your name as an artist is kind of on the line as well so you've got to kind of work out when to quit
0: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. but i would never normally i would give every opportunity to the venue to try and fix the sound before i walked off stage but that was definitely a bit of a horror story
0: (laughs) wow and um like did you ever have like have you got any other good stories as like being like a musician starting out and doing like cover gigs did you ever have any shocker venues or travel stories or
1: oh i'd probably say rocking up to a venue and they forgot that you were playing (sighs) (laughs) i got there with all of my friends all of my gear everything ready to set up walked in and they had someone else on stage and i was like oh maybe i'm playing next talk to them they're like oh we thought you were next week i'm like no no check your messages and then yeah i had to leave with all of my mates who came from like all over sydney as well oh. <laughs> so we went and got drunk instead
0: <laughs> So what about the person that they had up Had they just been like had they come in a week earlier or something i think
1: they must have <laughs> double booked us and not realized oh. and then tried to like backtrack yeah <laughs>
0: yeah oops <laughs> You know we've heard this story before so i think i i think it happens more often than it should you know
1: yeah look when you're booking you've just got to have your calendar set up (laughs) just have your calendar set up have your dates have your names then you you know hopefully will be okay unless technology decides to spite you and delete bookings
0: (laughs) exactly and i think that's the bare minimum that you should have to do to book you know
1: (laughs) yeah you'd hope so yeah for sure
2: <laughs> i think we've made that mistake two weeks ago we were a day early so we were already on zoom and then i was like oh shit, this is meant to be for tomorrow oh. so, so i was like oh crap so i full sent the link to the band but the band didn't see it well oh.
0: well we didn't make that mistake paul let's, let's i made know. a
2: mistake yeah i made a mistake because i thought it was because we had we've been recording every sunday and i thought it would be a sunday but yeah well yeah
1: <laughs> that's so Those funny. The, was, yeah. the same thing happened with me. There was a podcast that wanted me on um, and they booked in the date and I sat there at my computer ready and the link wasn't working. And I was like, what's going on? They never came online. I thought they forgot about me. Turns out they're in Nashville, different time zone.
2: Oh, oh. They didn't set
1: up the time zones correctly. And they're like, oh, we didn't realize you're in Sydney. I'm like, it literally says it in my bio, but that's okay. <laughs> that's
2: right. That's a, We're a podcast that doesn't stuff up the time zone. So it's all right. We've got that right twice. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Got oh. nothing to worry about
0: <laughs> that that has been a trip doing like talking to people with like time zones and a, like did you end up getting to speak to them
1: yeah we rebooked a date like a week yeah. later and it had to be a really funny time like super early for me but super late for them mm. but yeah it worked out
0: <laughs> and like did you realize that they're like a day behind so you know we you're in the future you're in like the, <laughs> the next that's day.
1: What, yeah that's what confused the hell out of me because i was waiting there and it turns out i was waiting there the date well because their their 11th was our 10th so i was actually yeah. there a eight early and i was like because so confused <laughs> whoops
0: yeah it, it's it's interesting like you're having these conversations and you're like how could this be possible you're the mm-hmm. you know eighth, ninth, whatever and it's yeah you, it, it bends your head for about a second you're like oh this is
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i back. i love remember, americans are so funny i feel like they do things a little bit backwards <laughs> yeah yeah
0: Oh especially if we've had so many conversations with people and we've said something and they've been like what what
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going on with my bogan words there's like Norman they're like why what? what's that what's a poker machine what's a what's a pokies Oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so terrible. to explain what it was
1: I I don't know what it is but I think growing up in a small town like I just I just talk the way I talk, and so, sometimes I'm really proper, and I can hold my words and articulate what I'm trying to say. Other times, I'm just like, "Yeah, how are you going?" Like super Aussie, super bogan, <laughs> no filter.
0: <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Like sometimes when I speak to the Americans, I you have to. I, I try to conjure up in my soul the the inner bogan and just bring it out because it it um you know then it's then um I feel like we're giving them you know the Australian experience
1: they love it yeah Yeah. i think anybody loves it like if you're calling an american station you want them to be be themselves as well so like bunging it on a little bit and having a bit of fun is yeah the best way to go
0: (laughs) yeah and do you know that they're watching us like there's a scene happening in la where they're like all these kids are like obsessed with australian music and they're going around and listening to it like we were getting we were learning stuff about the chats talking to some dudes in la and wow um, yeah and and i'm like do you even know what what a what a you know what some of these words are do you even know what smoker means like you- yeah,
1: i'm on smoker <laughs> yeah
0: do you even know what that is and they're like
2: no dude
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the best yeah. i'm gonna to have to target my marketing to elena yeah so
2: they were learning words from the chats because of songs that's how they learned the aussie language wow. so they learned how, so they learned what a smoker was because of the chats
1: yeah that's mad that's mad and servo and bottle and why do we the end of everything i don't get it why
0: i don't know i like it though yeah <laughs> so do i because they're really proper they're the opposite they're like that is a liquor shop yeah <laughs> no
1: it's the
0: bottle oh <laughs> yeah, that's the servo. no it is the gas station everything yeah. they make everything longer we make everything shorter
1: <laughs> yeah yeah shorter is easier quick and over done over and done with
0: <laughs> yeah, i agree i can't agree more efficient yes mm. <laughs> but um yeah do you reckon uh where like are you able to track your spotify analytics to over you know overseas and things like that have you had plays in places that were like oh my god this has amazed me
1: yeah, Mexico and the Philippines. They love me, don't know why, <laughs> but they do. So that's great. I think the Philippines, they're so musical and they love acoustic and they love folk. So I, I think I expected that a little bit because my best friend's Filipino and all they do is jam with acoustic guitars all the time. So yeah, I think my music appeals to them, but Mexico surprised me. Yeah,
0: You're I was like, to interesting. Spanish.
1: Yeah, I mean, they must like my style. So maybe I should get someone Spanish on the track. <laughs> mm.
0: Oh man, that's interesting. Mexico. Wow. Yeah.
1: And I think one of them was Czech, the Czech Republic as well. Yeah. There's a few random ones that popped up that I was and like quite a few listens and consistent listens. So I don't know how they found me, but hello.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's like the process for you like getting your songs into playlists? Is it difficult? Is it easy or does it just happen?
1: yeah look playlist pitching i think anyone will tell you the same thing it's so hit and miss um it's like yeah you have to pitch at the right time and the editors have to see it and like it at the right time and know which category to put you in um it can be a little bit restricting but it can also be really uh, it can really open up another door as well. So yeah, I've um playlist pitched to Spotify. I got on I think one editorial and a few um algorithmic playlists so that um put up streams a little bit. But I'm definitely for the third single um which is coming out in November, going to focus on um, doing a bit more playlist pitching for that one because you know that's where you reach people that you wouldn't normally reach as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I, it's interesting how those playlists work, you know. How, like, sometimes you can, you get people like can blow up overnight and have like Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of streams just by somehow Mm -hmm. miraculously ending up in a playlist.
1: And that, and TikTok does that as well. Like, if your video on TikTok goes viral, bang, you're, you've suddenly got, you know, a hundred thousand to a million streams on your tracks just from doing a little video. So, yeah, the internet's a crazy place. It can blow up at any point. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Does it last though, do you reckon? Like, if you have, if you have like a, a moment where you where something blows up in, in the fire and you get that you know five minutes of everyone's attention, do you reckon it's more valuable like to to have like done it the long way.
1: Oh, yes and no, Um, if you post good content yeah. and you continue the niche that blew you up in the first place, I yeah. think you have the ability of sustaining that um I almost called it clientele that fan base yeah Uh, I run a small business so I'm missing my words but yeah you establish that fan base and you keep them consistently if you keep posting content that engages them I feel like what people fail to do and what people struggle with which you know I think everyone struggles with is creating content that's continually engaging and that is consistent so if you have a niche like say you there's a girl on TikTok which I love she does um you you ask I write. So she asked people to give her a scenario and she writes a little song about it. And she has millions of consistent daily followers and listeners that now listen to her original music because she engaged with them and wrote songs about what they wanted to hear. So, you know, that finding that niche, I think is really important and not copying someone else's niche at the same time, which is so hard to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like we've covered everything in this conversation, and this is going yeah. so fast. I, yes. I know, <laughs> know, we've sorry. for a long time. When, 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 like I, you know, it feels like it's we've only been talking for you know a minute or something. But um,
1: <laughs> sorry, yeah. I can talk underwater, so that's probably my fault.
0: <laughs> no, 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 it's been good. Don't I, like uh, it's been. This has been really, really fun. Have
1: awesome.
2: you got any
0: questions before we start to wrap it up,
1: Paul?
2: Uh, No, I think we've got everything covered. I just want to know, have you got any plugs or shout-outs you'd like to do before we finish?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So um, my single, um, it's called Happy Now, is coming out on the 18th of November. Um, So that's my third single of the year and my first single to come out of lockdown with. So that'll be out on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music. So you just have to type in my name, which is Sammy, S-A-M-I. Cartwright. Um, You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, basically everywhere.
0: Beautiful. We'll leave the links below too, guys.
1: Thank you.